0: Hello, welcome to our series of short podcasts looking at the implications of Brexit in the event industry. I'm Martin Blunt and in this series we'll be meeting experts in HR, tax, haulage and GDPR. And in this podcast we're talking to uh, Rick Stainton. He's founder and group executive director of creative agency Smile. He also is the founder of One Industry, One Voice. You will have seen the hashtag uh, #WeCreateExperiences. Rick, thank you for taking the time to talk to us
1: today. You're welcome, Martin. Good to be here.
0: So uh, before we talk a little bit about uh, the challenges of Brexit, why did you create One Industry, One Voice?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, effectively, um, in sort of the summer of last year, around July, it got to the point where there was obviously a a growing amount of frustration across many areas of the industry um, that um, the the well-meant campaigns um for um government support, um, lobbying lobbying government for sector specific specific support across the, uh, the various uh, campaigns were not really working together the, the, the government was um, batting them away. Uh, the industry was getting very confused with the multitude of hashtags and Um, and seemingly representing the wider industry, but not representing the wider industry. And and these campaigns were all coming from a very good place and trying to do the right thing totally uh, and had a right to do that. But it was fighting against decades of uh, historic siloed approaches and sort of territorial divisions within the industry where we just don't talk to each other. Um, We don't know about each other, learn about each other. So it made sense to me that I proposed something very simple as a sort of a collective um, called One Into One Voice does what it says on the tin, that we just tried to get these campaigns the different associations and business leaders together um, that represented different areas of these these seven sectors to talk.
0: So have you managed to now sort of get your arms around how big our industry is? I mean, have you got any figures either financial or, or maybe from a people perspective?
1: The total figure for the contribution of GDP uh, is is 84 billion. Um, that was collated in conjunction with the BVP and a number of other of the individual associations across the seven sectors. And it breaks down pretty um, succinctly with around 20 billion being across the business event sector, 11 billion across the exhibition sector, 5 billion across the sort of cultural and charity sector, and 6 billion across the outdoor and festival sector, uh, 17 across the music sector, 11 across the sports activation sectors, and then 14 across the wedding sector.
0: But that makes that makes the industry a major player. When you look at the car industry and other things you, know, yes, you think does. of as big industries in, in, in our country, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, suddenly the event industry, well, hey, we're up there.
1: Well, we're not up there because, first of all, no one ever recognised or has recognised those figures in, in the media or in the government. Um, and they're still... There's still fringe sort of activity and, and communication to the external stakeholders, as I said, where these figures go range from 60 billion to 70 billion. And they're just sort of thrown around with any substantiation of their source, perhaps, or even, um, you know, their credibility. So, you know, one of the good things that all the different associations and campaigns and businesses have come together under one to one voice is actually Give some credibility to those numbers, and also from an employment, employed event professionals' perspective, it's a pretty even split around 760,000 event professionals employed um, by the B two C sector and the B two B sector, making up about one point five million employed professionals across this this eighty four billion industry.
0: That's a lot of livelihoods.
1: It's a lot of livelihoods. Um, it, it's a lot of skill set and expertise. Um, it's a lot of global leadership. And none of this is really has been historically recognised.
0: Obviously, Covid's been a huge challenge. And I know you've spoken uh, in other forums about Covid. There's a little series of podcasts. It's about Brexit. Of the seven sectors of the industry, uh, obviously not all of them will be impacted by Brexit. But uh, th- there are quite a few of them will be exhibitions, corporates, music. Have you started yet to gauge what the impact of Brexit will be? <laughs>
1: Um, does anyone? It's, it's chaos, I think. If you listen to the haulage Associations, if you listen to one of our, our, our core uh, supp- supporters of One your One Voice from, from Live uh, UK, the Music um, Association or the AIF, if you talk to the AEO and the exhibition guys, if you talk to the business community, you know, up until the end of last year, no one really knew what they were going to be dealing with. And it was very difficult to plan I know that some, including Smile, may have looked at a EU hub that didn't already have a presence in, in an EU country or an international office, um, which the vast majority of the event industry don't. But it, it's really the, the the you know the cabotage and, and and the movement of people and equipment that is causing the, the, the biggest um, problems, um, and it, it's very much come from the the deal that was obviously done uh, where the UK government pushed for a more ambitious agreement uh, on the temporary movement of business travellers which would have covered musicians and others but the proposal were rejected by the EU um, and the bottom line is the EU did for up to 90 days in, in travel uh, with the possibility of being paid and I suspect the UK probably said, said no to that because they, they had a very hard line um, on anything that may even look like free movement of people which of course the UK government from a Brexit perspective had committed itself to stopping so yeah, so effectively what particularly the music industry we been focusing on, there's been the, 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 the petition which created obviously the conversations uh, and, and, the, and the debate in Parliament. There's been a lot of the musicians lobbying recently, again with, with live music associations, um, is that now you can do up to 90 days touring in any 180 day period. But the big problem or one of the main problems is you need extra visas and work permits, which are are both uh, costly in time and in money. And there's no consistency across any of the EU countries. So Germany and Spain need this uh, extra visa and work permit documentation from an individual basis. Whereas it's it's different in France and Netherlands who currently don't certainly require extra visas or work permits. And the variation from country to country is is the biggest uh, hurdle alongside a lot of specifically smaller events or individual artists particularly up-and-coming artists just don't have the time resources or money to be able to make this viable and haulage companies are even saying that they must they must return to the uk after visiting two consecutive countries
0: we're going to be doing a, a podcast and in this series you can find a podcast just on the haulage industry so we're going to be talking to somebody on that. There's certainly a lot in the press about the music industry, maybe those of us that are working in exhibitions and business events who are also impacted, we need to sort of join that voice and, and maybe that's where your organisation can help. Uh, what What is your organisation going to be doing to to kind of champion what needs to be said?
1: One into one voice was never set up to lobby government. Um, we have had inbound requests from government because of our increasing profile. We've been asked to present on a few APPGs, which is more not so much about lobbying. That's more about sort of engagement and understanding of the the wider events industry. But that's so, a good thing.
0: At least they're talking um, and and learning. Yeah, that's it good. is a,
1: it is a it is a very good thing. And and to be invited um, and have a close. But you know, there's there's a huge amount of of different associations and campaigns that have been lobbying government for over a year now. Um, since COVID started on, on financial support. The Brexit situation, which is now on, layered on top of that, is just another um, line of, of discussion and lobbying request for engagement, support and, and and actual results. I think that from what I can hear recently, the output of that is we're going to have to negotiate to individual countries on an individual basis. There will not be a blanket EU-wide agreement. Um, and I know that um, they're pressing hard, Oliver Dowden and, and the others are, are, are pressing hard to do that. But as I say, it's not one interview, one voice's mission or mandate. We certainly were not given any mandate and we don't want to lobby government. Enough people are doing that. The success of, of that to date can be discussed by other people who, who are better qualified than me. I don't think it's going to be easy but there's a huge amount of pressure obviously from a cultural perspective that we are you know leaders from a UK from a UK music perspective we're also leaders from an equipment and quality of technical expertise perspective so it's not as easy just to say we'll leave all the kit and the crew at home and we'll use EU based kit because it obviously that is economically unviable uh, as well as perhaps the quality control of the performers artists or indeed the corporate business Um, companies that that like engaging with UK suppliers as as their optimum go-to.
0: Got to ask you about that because people you might expect clients and others just to say, well, we'll just use an EU-based solution. Then we'll we'll find agencies that can help us in the EU. But but the UK is a huge part of the EU event infrastructure. We, we you know we are leaders. We are out there doing it, aren't we?
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, uh, Smile, the agency that I founded, or 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 Goose, which obviously you're part of, or yeah. many many other uh, business agencies. Um, the larger ones certainly have. Well, I don't know, I speak personally from Smiles' perspective, 65% of our turnover in the, in the good year of 1920 uh, was delivered in the EU when you've got an existing relationship with a brand that's activating all over the world, including Europe, um, and, and, and it's with a UK agency. They're obviously going to rely on that UK expertise, and it's been historically very relatively easy, obviously, to to deliver that on-site because the vast majority, as we know of work, for putting an event or an activation together is, is pre-onsite uh, and that's obviously what they're buying into and, and expect the soft skill of being able to take it to Dubrovnik or Prague or Paris or Barcelona as a given. Now, um, there's it's our responsibility in the UK um, to get the right insight, do the background work, listen to what the key... Um, haulage companies and suppliers are saying because there's a lot of work by, by haulage companies by manufacturers of, set, of sets of production AV companies
0: And on that point of course in this series I've got HR, tax, haulage and GDPR experts that are coming to uh, to, to talk to us so I, I think it's been a a really useful uh, starting point the way that you've been able to describe the, the, the industry uh, to us Are, are you pessimistic? Op- optimistic? I mean where are you at the moment? <sighs>
1: I think, you know, Brexit aside, because that was always going to be um, a disruptive issue, but nothing in in comparison to what obviously the pandemic has, has done. And it's radically changed the makeup of our industry. It was already changing, it was already becoming more digital. It was already becoming more strategic in, in its content-led rather than t- tactical delivery approach. But five years, perhaps, of evolution has, has, has happened in five months. And so... Some businesses from a more tactical and event delivery perspective have clearly suffered, you know, particularly obviously on the exhibition side, incentive side, standard sort of um, event management companies, I don't mean that in derogatory way, standard, I just mean in a non-content strategic perspective, have had nothing to do and they're bleeding skill set and they're bleeding um, IP and their obviously clients are just not using them and some have unfortunately not survived and some are on the brink of not surviving. I mean, some of the stats... Are horrendous most most supply chain don't have much more liquidity in the next three or four months i'm optimistic from a personal perspective i'm very excited about what one instrument voice has done to unify the industry and that hopefully is a legacy we can take forward but there's, a, there's going to be a huge amount of fallout the bleeding of skill set the bleeding of, of some reputation the uk position within the eu is obviously something which still needs to be resolved on top of the pandemic um but you know what we're experts at health and safety we're experts in some areas that strategic content delivery and that's what really adds a lot of value from a business perspective and from a biosecurity perspective going forward which will be needed for at least the next year or two i think in some shape or form so um you know we're pretty resilient
0: i i think that puts you onto the optimistic side of the of the swingometer as it were so i think we'll leave it <laughs> yeah, i think we'll leave it on that <laughs>
1: you have to be i mean Yeah, leaders of industry, leaders of businesses, individuals that believe and love their their passionate, passionately love their events industry work have to be optimistic um, because, you know, the alternative is is pretty horrible.
0: One industry, one voice. Lots of people will uh, maybe be listening to this and thinking I'd like to get involved and learn a, a little bit more. Uh, how, how do people reach you?
1: Yeah, please just go to the um, the, the website. Um, you can just Google One Industry One Voice or just go to the uh, the website, which is mustbeonit.com forward slash One Industry One Voice. If you want to look at the We Create Experiences campaign, the positive campaign that I spoke about, that's mustbeonit.com forward slash we hyphen create hyphen experiences. Um, yeah, or just Google myself, Rick, at smile.co.uk, smile with a Y, Um and, you know, you could we can we can have a chat if you want to support more than just just follow and engage, offer data, offer contribute to the, the PR fund that we have that we've raised over 60,000 pounds for across the Just Giving page, to fund of the, the PR support of the of the campaigns. Uh, anything you want to contribute to, we are we are for the industry. The industry has given us our mandate. You know, they're the ones who told us what to do and we're just following that. Um, any support everyone's welcome we've got the biggest companies the biggest associations down to freelancers um, and the smallest businesses across every sector and all genres that all have a valid input Um, so thank you for the opportunity to pitch that
0: (laughs) my guest today rick stanton from uh, one industry one voice hashtag we create experiences thank you rick Thanks, Martin. You will find other podcasts in this series, The Event Industry, Planning for Brexit. We've had a good overview there of the size of the event industry. I'm Martin Blunt. Thank you for listening.